I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like vaccinations. Oh, yeah. And reactions thereunto. Oh, yeah. You poor man. Oh, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't, like, really feel sick. Like, in my brain, I know it's not a sickness like you do when you're really sick. Mm-hmm. And you're worried about it in there. But I have a ongoing fever. It goes down a little, goes up a little more, goes down a little, goes up. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives me the chills and a lot of aches and pains. And that's for your second shot, yeah? Yes. My first shot, I had a sore arm, and I slept a lot that weekend. Mm-hmm. Tonight, you asked me, what would you like for dinner? And I said, sleeping pills. <laughs> yes, that is what you said. We don't have those. but We do not. That's okay. It's a bit, you, I was just saying what I wanted. That's, that's all. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding that some sleeping pills are the same as the Benadryl we have in there, so... True. Those don't do it for you, though, don't you? It's a 50, paradox on those. You know, it's a, sometimes I do, and sometimes <laughs> I don't. And I don't know which one would be worse. Being miserable and wide awake? <laughs> well, not being miserable and being like energized, because last night I got up a lot, and that's what helped, is everything would start hurting really bad, and I would get up and move around. Um, I was actually probably out of the bed more than in the bed during the night hour. Yes, all night you were up and down, and I felt bad for you because I was vaguely aware of it, and I knew that that was going to make you more tired today, and and that would make it harder for you to deal with your continued reaction today. But I had some hopes that my reaction be, would be over with today. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Funny, aren't I? Uh-huh. Well, as long as it's gone by next weekend, we'll be all right. I hope it's not a week of this. Oh, geez. That is not allowed, because next weekend is not galley. No. No, it's not. We're supposed to go somewhere away from children. Just you and I, and my work wife will stay here with the boy and the dog and house. Yes, which is what she would be doing if we were at galley, but there is no galley. And so we're getting a Airbnb that's just up the mountain by the lake. Yes, away from the child away from who children. Asks me all the time, Dad, can I have Dad? This Dad, that. And the thing is, it's it's just because it's like dealing with a little kid, and and then the older one, that child number zero, likes to make a joke about it. Come in there, and say, Dad, can you make me a sandwich? <laughs> they do that. It's funny. And then like sometimes number one will chime in and say, Can I have more PlayStation time? Yeah, and that's the thing that makes Zero Child want to throttle him. Oh my gosh. Zero Child doesn't even have to manage his PlayStation time, but would probably like to throw it out the window. Well, the thing that happens between those two is that they have such similar developmental challenges. His are significantly more disabling. They're more severe, but number zero is nonetheless... I disagree. I think Zero Child has emotional scars and experiences that make it hard for them to have self-esteem. And and number two child has meth exposure in utero, and he's out of his effing mind, and he's probably also genetically bipolar. Yes. The, the outcomes are a similar delay of development, that one of them has stunted develop, emotional development because of environmental factors factors. 
The other one has stunted comprehensive development because of genetic factors and uh, prenatal factors. But the comparison I'm trying to draw here is... They trigger each other. We can put it that simply, really. They trigger each other. (laughs) Yes. Because zero child feels, you know, see, they remember what they went through Mm -hmm. as a a foster kid and before that. Right. And they see that he is spoiled in their eyes. And they don't have the emotional maturity to process that outside of their own experience and not want to make number two deal with all the same like they the day that they were going off they were saying oh you know i just want to hire somebody to go beat him up i want to make him suffer like i suffered and i'm like dude you're 30 you need to outgrow this a lot of people don't it takes a lot to grow emotionally Mm -hmm. and you're only going to have as much emotional resilience as you can find and learn from along the way which is why you and i try to be that example Yes. (laughs) And Zero Child has learned things from working them out with us. Yes. And Number Two Child has made our lives less miserable and his own by finding the right meds. Hella freaking Louyah. And speaking of things that have made our life better, last week you got a call from the gynecologist. I did. I was sitting there working and the phone rang and I answered it and the person said, is this George? And I said, yes. And they said, this is Dr. So-and-so. And And I was like, whoa. It's the actual doctor calling you, not like their assistant or... Yeah. And she said, well, I'm reviewing charts for tomorrow's visits. And in looking at your chart, I don't see, I don't see that you really need to come in for another test, another sample, because there's no history, there's no other signs, and between the testosterone and menopause, we are less likely to get those cells. Otherwise, I would have gotten them and, you know. So she said, if that's okay with you, if you'd like to come in, I'd be glad to see you. And I said, I'm okay with not coming in. (laughs) And recall this is following up on the last time you went in, and they got your swab sample and didn't get enough cells and they were going to make you come back in for a second time in what like a month right oh so she did say you can just come in next year and i thought i said that loud next year because i was thinking oh (laughs) because that would have been the other thing that if you had gotten it out of the way this month then you probably could have waited two or three more years because that's your schedule going every two or three years but it makes more sense to wait till next year because if there is something else going on she can address it and i only have to go there next year not this time the second time and next year. oh there you go yeah so that's why I chose that. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I thought she was very, um, that her tone of voice was very thoughtful about, this guy doesn't need to go through this again. That's, that is good. Yeah. 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 So I like her. She's a good doctor. That's good. I'm glad. What else is good? What else is good? Well, I'm sure there's a bunch of things and my head hurts so bad. You'd have to remind me what they were. I really, I can hardly think, I, which is weird because otherwise I, I feel... Like, I should be able to think. (laughs) I'm sorry that brain fog is one of your symptoms of reaction to your vaccination. Yeah, and it could be the fever that's doing that to me. It could be. Yeah. So good things are my wife is here and my wife is helpful and um, (laughs) I like my wife. I'm glad. Yeah. Your wife is glad you like them. I love my wife. Oh, your wife is glad you love them. I love my kids. You almost sound convincing. 
Well, I try, and I think that's important. It totally is. I did not learn it naturally. It was not a, uh, I didn't come by it uh, honestly, as you like to say. No, but you do your best. I do. And that's something we've been talking about lately is like, you have to remind yourself that if you're doing good enough, that's okay. Yes. And I did really learn from the class to tell him I love him all the time. And when he does a little thing, I say, good job. And he loves that. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. That's great. And so that does motivate him. Yes. And I would have never thought of it because I forget he's not really 13. Yeah. And and that was the therapy that we went through when he was like three was all about being responsive to every little thing he does and praising the heck out of good things and being able to not respond as strongly to negative things. And Well, but the problem was you were still mad from the last 29 to 270 things he did. Yes. Because he just did them. And so it was hard to find a good thing. I mean, he was constantly in trouble. Oh, yeah. Because he was aggravated. Uh-huh. And I think I think he needed the lithium. I, I think so, you too. Know? I think that's a big difference. He's like, most of the time, pretty happy. Every once in a while, he snaps at me. Or if he hasn't slept enough, mm-hmm. he'll tell me to fuck off, and I'm a fucking asshole. And yes, he'll definitely swear at you when he's unhappy. But he'll go in his room and close the door. He has been able to not immediately go into fight or flight mode over everything, every perceived threat. And as I say that, I think he doesn't perceive anywhere near as many interactions as threatening as he used to. He doesn't make it look like that. But do you remember once when I took him to the lake and we were up on this rock cliff that kids like to jump off of? Uh Uh-huh. And it was, I think he was temporarily on ADHD meds so he could focus. Uh Uh-huh. But then he couldn't have those because he was losing weight and he's too small for that. Right. And he said to me, as we're looking down, he says, you know, sometimes something like this freaks me out, but I just do it anyway. (laughs) So he does recognize it, but he considers it not really a problem. That's That's, kind of wild. Mm -hmm. And when he does get really upset with us, I have learned from being able to talk to him more that he perceives a threat. Yeah, but And so he lashes out. Yes, but the thing is with the new meds, he's perceiving fewer interactions as threats. That's because every minute of your day is not a threat, at least at our house. It shouldn't be. And it's not. It shouldn't be anywhere, and it's not here. No. So he would perceive, he did mention to the doctor when we talked to her uh, a couple of days ago on you know a virtual visit that he does feel like his sister's making fun of him, but he can keep his temper when she's doing it. And I, I turned to him, I said, you often think somebody's making fun of you, but don't notice when somebody's making fun of Jess or somebody's making fun of your sister. You just join, like you, it doesn't stick for him. Right. It's like, just not his, is not his cognitive capacity to He's still too that. egocentric to be able to, to yeah. grasp that, yes, he's experiencing what in most cases would be considered friendly ribbing, but because he can't contextualize it, he sees it as a direct attack. Well, and there are certain things you can't rib him about. Yes, that's true. Which I usually just point out, you know, you yes, cannot rib him about being himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's true. Certain things that he's sensitive, and we all have those things. Yeah. He is He is somewhat sensitive. when, Whenever he says something wrong, his sister will repeat it and start laughing. And he doesn't understand that she's a word person, and that's just funny to her. 
Yeah, he, he thinks he's being made fun of. He doesn't realize that it's just... But here's the thing. I bet I could explain that to him. You probably could now that he's on the meds that will give him the the ability to think while he's experiencing emotion. Well, and then the doctor said she was leaving in <laughs> March. And so she did not do anything with his meds. And he's running out of everything by dinner time. He's very argumentative and aggressive by dinner. Yeah, he can leave the room and go, mm-hmm. go calm down and come back. But he's he's very touchy by dinner. So when we get his new doctor on board, which fortunately happens to be his old doctor. Yes, that's kind of great. And it's one of the benefits of a small town. We thought she was leaving, but then she didn't leave. And now she's back. No, and she she's, left. She did leave. She left and went to uh, wherever her mother was. Okay. Was sick. And um, I don't know why she came back. I mean, you know, it's possible somebody died. It's possible she just didn't want to be there anymore. It's possible that it was harder to transfer her license to wherever she was at and she needed to be employed. Can I say that it was California and she could be tired of it was on fire all the time? <laughs> Except it wasn't. It hasn't been for like months. It was when she went there. Oh, okay. Remember, she went there last year in February. Yeah. But either way, it's great to have her back because she actually listens. She and does. Not only that, but she recognizes your professional expertise and doesn't just think you're trying to mansplain everything to her. She's worked with me over with, the years. With other clients. Because it's a small town. It is. Yeah. And the other person worked inside the hospital, and I didn't tend to work with people inside the hospital. Right. Actually, we never had any behavioral programs for meds or health in the hospital outside of this one person right? all that time. Mm-hmm. So this is new that they're going to have an actual psychiatrist. What? Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's wild to me that it, it's just as wild as the time that we got the one and only pediatric cardiologist that happens to live in our region. <laughs> but they couldn't even do all the tests. Like... This is the drawback of living in small town is that you might have expertise, you might not, you might have the the variety of services available are limited simply by the number of people that are available. Mm-hmm. Information is also limited too and goes by, you know, if somebody's trying to figure something out or find something out, especially about queer things, they think of who else do they know that might know the answer to this or point my kid in the right direction. And so you had a call the other day from one of our friend's kids. Yeah, it actually started with our friend. Um, your ace wife is what I used to call her. <laughs> <laughs> because she's not your work wife. You guys weren't working together anymore. Mm-mm. And I thought that you guys had great chemistry and she would be a decent replacement when you and I were playing musical houses. But she doesn't seem to be interested and in I'm any sort a, of romance and you're not... I'm not interested in her. No. I like talking to her because she's like my old friend who lives in another small town that's a scientist. Mm-hmm. You can talk to them about those things and those, you know, it's it's a, yeah. it's a good conversation. They're reasonable and rational and these scientists, people that you make friends with, they tend to logic through things. Right. Even though the, the, the one I've known for many years does have much more more emotion. And the other one I thought maybe was probably on the autism scale. Spectrum. Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, probably. But 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 see, I'm I'm good with those kind of people. I have no problem with that. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's kind of wild that then, you know, she's got these two kids who are now both adults. One is a very young adult finishing high school senior year, and the other has been on their own for a while and was one of our kids' babysitters for a while. And Yeah. 
And so, you know, when the younger one who's still figuring themselves out has a sweetheart, I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend, they bay, whatever, I don't even know what this other person is, but their sweetheart said that they're polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And in small town, middle of nowhere, American Intermountain West, mm-hmm. what do I do to connect with that community? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I'm not even connected with that community except by a few people who I know who are... Not here. Well, a couple of them are. Mm-hmm. But I, I have no time or energy for really engaging in seeking another partner or participating in the swingers community or the kink community. And that's really, there's a real strong overlap in our area mm-hmm. of all of that. They got nothing else to do. Okay. Right. <laughs> and it's very insular and it's very small. And I know one or two members of that small insular community, mm-hmm. but That's not where I'm going to send an 18-year-old who's trying to figure out if what they have with their sweetheart is something that they want to continue engaging with. Right. So here's me, who has been polyamorous for two decades, even if our relationship is functionally monogamous because I have neither time nor energy to invest in finding a second, and I haven't happened upon a second that's worth my time or energy. Did our friend talk about that when... when she came by or when we were sitting outside talking or you said... She texted me. Oh, she texted you. But but how did she know to text you? I assume because you told her that I'm polyamorous. <laughs> I might have. Who knows? It's not like it's a secret. Right? Yeah. It might also just be in this category of, I'm not sure about that. Why don't you ask somebody else? <laughs> there you go. Could be that too, so... Yeah. So she texted me and was like, so my kids, sweetheart is possibly polyamorous and just came out to them and they're trying to figure out what this is about and want someone to talk to and you're the only person I know. So would you be okay with that? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't mind being a sounding board for a 19 year old Mm -hmm. who has a penchant for toxic relationships. Right. And there are toxic people in every community. Mm -hmm. Don't blame it on this one thing. Nope. But So far, they asked me, so what is this polyamory thing about? And I sent them a link to a 101 type explainer. Uh And I said, read this and then come back to me with any questions you have, because I'm busy at work. Right. (laughs) They haven't answered me yet from that. Uh Right. But it's funny to me that like, now I'm the poly mentor for a friend's 19 year old. Well, you're a reasonable person and they wouldn't be afraid to have their child talk to you. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's good that your friends see me as a reasonable person, somebody they wouldn't mind having their kids talk to. I'm trying to think what else is gendery. I had this funny thing with one of my clients the other day. Oh, they're very cisgendered and they are even farther away into the boonies than we are, but the kids were here with other family and now they're over there. Okay. And so they, they have Zoom uh, meetings with me because there's nothing over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, They've been having some trouble because they have his two kids that he never lived with, and now they're like 12 and 14, and lived in a very dysfunctional situation here with their mother's family, and he could he didn't know where they were. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't let him know. Mm-hmm. He couldn't find them. And then he has a partner of like 12 years. Okay. And they have a son who's probably six or something. Okay. 
So the teenagers have been out of control and she's a control freak. And I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just her way of functioning. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't go well with the situation she's in. And so she said they had been fighting less because she's trying to be less stubborn. But what woman isn't stubborn? And he's in the background says, George, don't answer that. (laughs) And that just seemed like a very cisgendered thing to me. That is, that's kind of So, you know, I took my cue and I said, I know better, so I won't. There you go. And she wanted to hang on to that, you know, and own that. So Own her stubbornness as part of her sense of self and sense of gender. And that's weird. It is weird to me, but she definitely saw it as a gender thing. And so did he. And so there's a gendery thing for you. That's really disappointing. The other gendery thing that you told me about from work was funny because it was about vaccinations, which we started the episode by talking about. Mm-hmm. And so here we come full circle that you were talking about like your clients and the way that they, on the whole, talk about vaccinations and how you have some who are very anti-vax and some who are very... Oh, yeah, yeah. And and there's a, a family that I meet with and... We, you know, we chat about other things along the way, but this was one of them. And I said, I got, got, I was having the vaccination, second one. And she was like, really? What is that about? Like, like she's trying to comprehend really what does the vaccine do and um, why? And he's like, I'm having it. That's like, "Mm, I'm the man and I'm just going to do it. And you could tell that it was like leaning into that sense of machismo. It was, yeah. You know, I'm is. I'm going to do the thing because I'm the man and men do things. I'm not scared of that. <laughs> That's totally great. I wish yeah. more guys would be like that. Yeah. That or like, I, I, I'm not scared of wearing a mask. I can wear a mask all day. Huh. Right. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, why can't we have more of that kind of masculinity? I don't know. As opposed to the other ones who are also middle of nowhere, fairly insular type people who are like, but, but conspiracy theories and, but, Yeah, that's but, what I was having with those oh, people out in the boonies is they're like, I'm not getting that. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. Whereas I felt like I was a little helpful with the other people uh, because she didn't understand. And so you could talk to her about it and she could learn. And she may not be able to have it. She does have autoimmune disease. So. Right. But you've had two, I've had one. Hooray for vaccines. Yes, because I understand science. Yes. Don't ask if people believe in science. Ask if they understand it. Do you understand the science of it? Not do you believe in the vaccine. And she didn't, but she was interested. That's great. The other people are like, oh no, it's going to change your DNA and blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, okay, well, I think I'll be fine. Yeah. And aside from an immune reaction that is expected because your body is... Generate, yeah. yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. Which is why I only feel periphery sick instead of dreadful sick. Mm-hmm. Good job. Yeah, thank you. The poor dog, poor Bob. Oh, he lo- looked at me all day, and I thought he might be like, "What's wrong with you? You don't get up and take me anywhere, but you don't smell sick, right?" <laughs> you know. I don't so. know. You might smell sick because you're having an immune reaction. You're having, you know, I, I mean, your body is yeah. creating fever and making antibodies, but you don't smell like the virus. Well, he did eventually get a walk at like five o'clock. Oh. It was still light up. Yes. How, how did you feel after the walk? Because yesterday being mobile did help you. Did it help today or 
it helps the aches and pains, but then I did lay down on the bed with all my clothes, cover up myself, and tell you I needed a nap. So, yes. And then I slept for like two hours. Correct. And it probably took us twice as long to shuffle down the street, which at first he was confused, and after that he was glad because he could run ahead on his leash and start smelling something and not run out of time smelling it before I got there and start going past him. <laughs> So he was good with it. That's funny. It was funny. So. Yeah. So unless there's anything else, I can let you go. I I don't think I could sit up much longer. I'm kind of leaning. So that's it. Yes, sir. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! I think so. It says Yeti. Oh, good, because I can't see. (laughs) Would you like me to bring you your water or anything else? Mm -hmm, That bottle of water over there. Okay. bought those because I knew yep. there was this possibility. Yep. <sighs> smart guy. <sighs> Trying to feel smart when you're in this campaign. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have pain. <clears throat> okay, are we ready? I'll be as ready as we're going to get. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. I need chapstick and mm-hmm. Oh man, it's too warm because I have a fever and it just it just, it just smushed all over your face. I'm sorry. Will it go back into the tube now? Probably. Okay. I need water. Mm-hmm. The fever's making me glad I bought these electrolyte waters. I bet. I bet. Um, I can make you more Gatorade too if you want. That'll probably help. Let's no, go I'm back sorry. To what yes. Because I don't know how much longer I can sit up. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. You might have to cut out all those. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Gender is really weird. Yeah. That's that's really disappointing. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that word for like weeks now. <laughs> Only weeks? Yes. Okay. Maybe days. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>